What's up, everybody, and welcome to Inside BKC, powered by Trendy Trippin'. This is your girl, Jams, of WJMS Radio. So excited to be with you guys this afternoon. I have a really, really wonderful show and a really wonderful guest who's with me. For those folks that don't know, Inside BKC is our brand new podcast that spotlights all of the creatives working in and around the Brooklyn Commons in both locations, Flatbush and Bushwick. And we try to spotlight those folks and talk about what they're doing, talk about some of the resources they may be looking for within the Brooklyn Commons, and also we talk about the reason why they came here in the first place place. So my special guest for today is Dr. Robert Gore, and I'm really, really excited to talk to this gentleman because he is the founder of Kavi, which is Kings Against Violence Initiative, and it's a really, really, really awesome concept that I think needs to take place not just here in Brooklyn, but it needs to expand around the world because it's we need to start saving our youth from the violence that's happening in the communities around them. But Robert, I'm so, so excited to have you today. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. So I gave them a little bit of a background on who you are, uh, but why don't you give everyone a little bit of your bio on sort of where you came from, how you got started, um, and just what made you start the uh, Kavi Initiative? Uh, well, I'm actually I'm a trained and practicing uh, emergency medicine physician. I'm over at Kings County, so we downstate, and uh, a lot of the work we do in there is taking care of victims and survivors of trauma. And before, I mean, I, I grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up in Fort Greene, pre-gentrified Brooklyn. Pre-gentrified <laughs> you got to specify Fort that Greene. now. You got to specify <laughs> that because so many things have changed. Yeah. I grew up downtown Brooklyn and in Flatbush, uh, but growing up in the 80s and 90s, we saw a lot of things dealing with violence and trauma. Mm-hmm. Part of that, you don't realize it's a problem until you, you leave it. When you're growing up, you see something that's kind of like, well, this is what it is. And then you go away and see something different, and you realize, okay, it doesn't always have to be that way. Uh, but then fast forward a number of years, uh, and you know, I eventually went to medical school, became an emergency physician, and I was doing my training in Chicago, Cook County Hospital. And you know, Chicago's been really crazy uh, as it relates to violence and, and gun violence in particular. And you know, when you you start practicing and you're you're the caregiver and you're seeing a lot of these clients and patients coming in, you start asking yourself, why does this why does this keep happening? And when they're your age and you realize that the only reason why this stuff isn't happening to you is because of a number of circumstances and a support system that I think many people wish they had. It's like, all right, what do I do with this now? So a lot of, you know, when we started talking about the work we do with Kavi, you know, a lot of it was influenced by being in Chicago at Cook County and then coming back to Brooklyn and, and practicing in Kings County and SUNY Downstate. But a lot of it really came from uh, my foster brother. So I had, a, I had a foster brother growing up, and very talented artist, and very gifted, but he got caught up in the system early on. And when I look at a lot of the support systems that he had, a lot of the circumstances that he um, had come from, I understand how he got into that. I understand how he, he got into hustling, which led to a bunch of other things that I don't really want to go into right yeah, now. Yeah, no. But, you know, when you're, you know, when you're like in high school, you don't think about some of these things. And so, you know, when I got a little bit older and, you know, I saw him, I was in medical school and he had, uh, he was in prison, it kind of, it hit me in a very different way. And it's kind of like, well, why does this stuff keep happening? And... When you know we all we know people went to jail growing up. You you, you know about people getting injured or people getting killed, but when you see your own family member and, and somebody that's very close to you, and you're talking to them, you have to get buzzed in and go see them. Mm-hmm. You have to get you know get frisked and searched and go through all these security checks just to talk with your loved one. 
and you're like, you know, this is not this is not meant for a human being. It's not meant for an animal. And so, I I, I said to myself, if we can prevent any of this stuff from happening again to anybody else, we were going to do something uh, about it. Uh, it just so happens, you know, my path was in medicine, and I mentioned when I'm going into emergency medicine, but the mentoring, the looking at causality and providing opportunities and resources, uh, especially people who've been uh, considered marginalized, is something that I've been, you know, working on since I was a kid. Uh, my mother's a retired teacher, and she taught in bed for over 20, 25 years. Uh, my dad's background is in television uh, and, and media, but he's also an activist, and you know, he's been he's been involved in the civil rights movement, and um, you know, back. He was living, growing up in Chicago, and so I'm the offspring of those two. And so you got circumstances revolving around family, um, gaining a different insight as a clinician, uh, as a physician. You know, as a doc, you see a very intimate side of people that their own family members don't know, or don't see, or never get a chance to understand. And through a lot of these experiences, these these connections that. Know, I've made or some of my team members have made with the people in our community, you start understanding and start putting different pieces uh, together to look at causality of illness, uh, causality of disease processes, or even causality of trauma. And some things are just bad luck. Mm -hmm. Other things may be genetic, but a lot of violence and trauma, you realize, is completely avoidable. We're not even talking about an accidental injury, like if somebody gets hit by a car because it breaks, you know, the car's brakes fail and they go through an intersection. We're talking about intentional trauma, not accidental injury. And if you look at all these different risk factors that are associated with injury, violent injury and recurrent violent injury, um, you know, me and some other people have been discussing it. It's like if we can create something that was going to prevent a lot of this stuff from happening to begin with, then we were going to do it. So I started doing a lot of work with violence intervention, specifically back when I was still living in Chicago, and then uh, you know, set out to start working on programming when I moved back to Brooklyn in 2006. Okay. So I, you know, I want to ask the question. And my mom was a Boston police officer for 19 years, and she was a crime scene photographer. Mm -hmm. So similar to you, she's seen some things, and there's some things that you know to this day she still can't really talk to me about or tell me about they were just that bad so I mean have you seen I'm, I'm sure you probably have but have you seen some things come across your table that you know are just unforgettable yeah, I, you know it's, it's funny you all I, there's so many images the first image I, I ever remember of an actual patient was at Boston City Hospital <laughs> um, I was in an early acceptance program at Boston University School of Medicine I didn't want to practice there but I went into the ER and um, and there was a guy that came in, he was stabbed in the left upper quadrant area. And I was, some, I was an undergrad and, uh, there for the summer. And the only people of color in that room were me, the other college student, and the patient. Everybody was white. And it was the, the guy who came in, he was like 19, 20 years old. He was the same age as me. Mm -hmm. And he was completely terrified. You have cops who are probing him. You have docs who are pushing and prodding. You have nurses sticking. But the only people of color were the students and, and him. And he, you know, you make eye contact with folks like that, with, with folks in their situation, and you know, everybody's looking for somebody, uh, some source of comfort yeah. uh, in there. And it was it was terrifying just to see this stuff up close. It's not like some uh, a slashing on the street or somebody that 
you know, that's far removed, they're, they're like right up close and, and in front of you. And I wasn't in a position to do anything uh, at the time, but you know, that, 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 that image I'll never forget, but you, you know, even when I was a med student, I, I spent some time at Kings County Hospital mm-hmm. um, before I started residency in Chicago. And like, I remember the attending telling uh, this guy's family that he had been killed and his sister dropped to the floor and like hit the concrete hard and the screaming and the wailing and people beating their heads up against the wall just because they were traumatized this 20 something year old kid uh, was shot and killed and pronounced dead and he's flatbush in the emergency department. You know, it's not like he, he was dying around his loved ones mm-hmm. after he's like 80, 90, 100 years old. Yeah. Um, and everybody's, you know, paying their last respects, but, you know, they're not happy that the person's gone, but, you know, happy they're in a better place. This is a 20-something-year-old kid who was dead uh, for something that was, was probably nonsense and it was avoidable. Uh, and so, like, when you start seeing those images, you know, and, and I, I can tell you story after story after story about people that we've taken care of who've been victims uh, of violent trauma. But it's, you know, you know, why does it have to exist? And, you know, I started learning a lot about, you know, health equity and looking at causality of illness and figured if we start putting different pieces uh, uh, together, especially a support system, then we would be in a position to really transform young people who are experiencing violent trauma. Mm-hmm. And there are, other ho- there are other violence prevention programs out there. VIAP uh, the program in Boston. And there's Caught in the Crossfire or Youth Alive based out in Oakland, California. Um, there's you know, Healing Hurt People in Philadelphia. And, and there's Cure Violence programs that start out in Chicago. There are a bunch of programs that are out there. Um, and so I've been doing research on these different models, um, both the community-based programs to the hospital-based interventions that had existed, uh, but also looked at what other community types of programs and what kind of programs kept me and a lot of my friends out of trouble, mm-hmm. um, and looking at resource development uh, for the for this particular population. You know, reason why a lot of violence happens, the reason why, you know, if you, if you really did die, to dissect and look at the exact causality of war, a lot of stuff really boils down to resources and accessibility. And so if you can transform a situation so that people can get the things that they need that are essential for survival, you know, food, clothing, and shelter, then, then you've got people's attention. Yeah. You know, then somebody will listen to you if their basic needs are being met. But when that stuff isn't being met, people are going to do whatever it is in order to survive, whether it's feel good, you know, eat, have a full belly, get out some aggression. All those things, you know, we have to do, but, like, how do you channel this stuff so that it, it's something that can be transformative and be fruitful? Yeah. So that's a, a really, really great segue into Kavi and, and what you guys actually do. So talk a little bit about sort of, I, I mean, you gave a little bit of a description of how the program started, but talk a little bit about some of the initiatives you guys have and how you guys help these youth to, to prevent the violence before it happens to them. So Kavi itself is, a, there's, there are three different sections, um, to the program. Uh, Kavi is a, vi- a hospital, school, and community-based violence intervention program. Um, we're focusing on creating opportunities for young people who've been affected and impacted uh, by violence and trauma. 
Um, the hospital program, we work with two other community-based organizations, Man Up Incorporated, based out in East New York, mm -hmm. and SOS uh, Save Our Streets, which is uh, through the Crown Heights Mediation Center there in, um, in Crown Heights, as well as Bed-Stuy. We have been doing intervention work for people who've been shot and stabbed. So if somebody comes into the emergency department um, after they've been injured, we want to make sure that we can uh, talk to the patient, talk to their families, ensure that retaliation doesn't occur. And you got to do that early on, like mm -hmm. in that first hour. But we also want to make sure that that patient and their family uh, have a support system so that you know, when they do get discharged, when they do leave the emergency department, uh, they, you know, they, after they've been hospitalized, they have an advocate uh, who's available. Uh, they can provide them and their family a lot of support that doesn't happen with certain types of victims of trauma. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, you know, many, many hospitals will have programs for sexual assault. Many hospitals will have programs for domestic violence. Almost every emergency department screens for domestic violence but we don't screen for interpersonal violence or intentional trauma, uh, especially when we have a young man uh, who's been uh, violently injured. You know, they come in, you know, we fix him up, we discharge him and say, you know, come back for your follow-up appointments and stay out of trouble. Yeah. Um, but, really looking, but not really looking at trauma and violence as this disease process that you know, has identifiable risk factors. And so for our hospital program, um, we provide a lot of those resources for those victims and their families. Number two is actually the school-based program. The school-based program was the first program that we launched. You know, it, part of it was politics, and it was just easier to, to launch school-based programming, but a big part was how do we prevent this stuff from happening to begin with? If we can avoid uh, just dealing with people, like why, why, should, why do I have to take care of somebody when they're a patient and they, they're already sitting up there hurting? If we can look at all these different risk factors, and meet with people in a space that they're already going to, then we got something. And we got we got a school, you know, Wingate High School campus is right across the street from Kings County Hospital. And it's like, well, let's start there. We had some contacts there and decided to do a preventative program uh, for young people who considered to be at risk. So kids who were frequent, you know, had histories of frequent fighting and not doing well in school, some might have been gang members or affiliation, you know, having some sort of affiliation. And so, you know, what are the things that they actually need? They need support, they need somebody or, or a team of people who are going to be there regularly. The school is, is amazing because it exists and it's a physical body, so even if people aren't going to class, at least they're there. Now when they're there, it's like, what are you going to do with it? So if you've got kids who aren't going to class because they're trying to figure out how to process trauma, so because of that, they start drinking and smoking and self-medicating and doing everything else, but they're physically coming in the building every day, you got them there. And so now that they're there, what are you going to do with that? And the goal for us, putting copy programming there, was to really create these, these uh, safe havens and these spaces for dialogue and, and uh, a larger scale uh, type of engagement to help supplement a lot of the work that was already being done in the schools. You have school, you know, schools that have uh, school social workers, uh, they have school guidance counselors, you've got teachers, you've got principals, uh, and so we are a part of that team uh, and lending the support for the students to make sure that they can become well uh, and, and, and be in a better position to thrive. Now, our, our community-based program is a little bit different in the sense that this is our after-school programming. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we're also working with middle school aged kids, and we do high school. We do uh, with high school aged kids, uh, and, and the summers is a part of our community program. But if you look at all the different avenues and all the different ways that young people can get caught up in certain types of street life, you know, you might get in, initiated because of where you live and you, in your neighborhood. My stuff might happen to you while you're at school, mm-hmm. and you know, in my regular place of work, you'll see people come in who've been violently affected in the emergency department or, or department of trauma, and we wanted to make sure that in all these different places where young people could potentially be, that there's a, there's a support system. You know, I remember, you know, United Negro College Fund. Uh, they used to have the same, you know, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. And then in Living Color flipped it, and they were like, a mind is a terrible thing to develop on its own. <laughs> um, so we figured, you know, thinking about, you know, you know, it, it's funny when they were, they kind of flipped, flipped it and said a mind is a terrible thing to develop on its own, but they're right. It needs to be cultivated. It needs to be supported. There needs to be regular engagement. Mm-hmm. There needs to be regular assessments of what's going on and you know you're dealing with a teenage mind or you know, a preteen mind or a 20 something year old's mind and even just an, as even an older person your mind is constantly evolving so the things that you might have needed at one point in time in your life may be very different from you know depending on your environment or who's around yeah. and so we wanted to make sure that we had a support system with people who understand traumas that a lot of young people experience we also want to make sure that we are also aware of the things that they may may actually need so we have credible messages people who've experienced a lot of the the same issues that our kids uh, in hospital school and community programs have experienced we want to make sure that those credible messengers are also working with people who have access to resources just because you've experienced trauma doesn't mean that you need to do this kind of work. But you know, we want to. You, you know, we have a very balanced team. We've got physicians. We have public health people. We've got peer facilitators who are closer in age to the participants. We have violence intervention specialists. Uh, there are hospital responders, people who are following up with patients in the hospital after they've been injured. Uh, there are social workers. And there are artisans and just just concerned citizens that are playing an active role in, in providing these interventions. And, you know, the, if you look at causality of violence and trauma, there's so many different reasons that it happens, and you have to have this multi-systemic and multidisciplinary approach to really tackle it effectively. Okay. And, I mean, all that stuff is, is absolutely amazing. How does that work with you here in the Brooklyn Commons? Like, what brought you to the Brooklyn Commons or what attracted you to the space? Like, what's your affiliation with, uh, with the space? So our office space is here at the Brooklyn Commons. We also have a space over at Kings County Hospital. Okay. Uh, we do a lot of work within SUNY Downs because I'm on both sides of the street. Yeah. But um, <laughs> we, our organization was growing, and we needed a space, and we needed a space quickly. Yeah. Uh, and my wife mentioned, she said, oh, I heard about, we were looking at some other uh, workspaces in, in Brooklyn, and my wife mentioned, oh, there's this thing, Brooklyn Commons. And I was like, all right, let's go check it out. And we came, and we fell in love with, with the space. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, was, I spent uh, almost a year at the TED headquarters uh, doing the TED residency program, and it was an open workspace uh, with a lot of smart creatives. And we saw a lot of the synergy 
that that happened just because you have people who are in close proximity with one another. Mm -hmm. And when we came over here to the Brooklyn Commons, we were like, wow, this is a very similar kind of space. It's almost yeah. like like you got a bunch of tech startups, you got a bunch yeah. of startup companies, and, and people doing community work. And it's you know it's it's um, not far from the hospital. That would be a perfect place to go, and we got a grant to do it. So it was like, okay, let's 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 take it. let's take the space. And there are a lot of other groups that have that we've gotten a chance to meet here. The IT folks at Vermillion Tech. As a matter of fact, that's our tech support for, uh, for our organization. We've had some connections with the folks at Infoteo, but we've met a lot of other smart creatives uh, that are here just working in this space, and it's, it's a true community. You know, it's, it's, an, it's an ecosystem. Yeah. Where people have, you know, have an opportunity and are able to support uh, each other in this physical space. Whether you're just somebody who's passing through, like, you know, just, because you're a friend of a friend or you just have to be, you know, just looking at the space or, or coming here for a special event. Or if you're, you know, here and trying to set up and grow your business, you know, you've got politicians that are coming here. Like, Jamani's office is next door to ours. Uh, and I've known Jamani for, I don't want to say how long. <laughs> we, we were kids um, yeah. when we first met. But it's kind of nice that you're actually seeing people who are from this area, from the community, who are actively doing work uh, still in the community. And so you you know you feel like okay this is a supportive space this is a place that I feel like I can go and, and do work and, and and really feel feel proud of the stuff that I'm I'm creating um, other than feeling like I'm an outsider in my own neighborhood and I don't yeah. feel like an outsider in my own where I grew up. Good, good, good. So and that's the point of the podcast is to to really talk about what you do and you know what ways we can help to further what you're doing. So is there anybody in the building? I know there's not a lot of. Um, I mean, there's a big community here, but you don't always know who's here. You know, like, not everybody knows who's in the space. But is there anybody in your mind that you would like to collaborate with on, you know, initiatives for Kavi or anything like that, or any different types of businesses that might uh, work well with you guys? Yeah, so I, I would love to do some more work with, with uh, the folks from Infoteo. Um, we've had some some of our program participants get involved with programming that Infoteo has done, um, you know, for, you know, they've been doing work in Flatbush and East Flatbush for for, uh, for years, and, but I want to see if we can get more people involved, uh, particularly in the cultural arts. Okay. Um, I forgot the brother's name who's upstairs, and he does the uh, programming with uh, dressing for success and suits and all. And oh, upstairs. the the gentleman's factory. Mm, yeah, gentleman's factory. Jeff Linder. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I had a brand. I had a complete. It's okay. He'll be on I've the show the, too. <laughs> I, I've been in the ER <laughs> since. Oh gosh, are you coming off a double yeah, shift coming, or something? Yeah, I'm coming off a shift. Uh, I was on at seven a.m. this morning. Oh so my. Up now. But there, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad that there are mixers and stuff. I mean, summertime is always weird because people kind of leave and back and forth and in yeah. and out. But fall time, there's always stuff going on, and yeah, I feel like we're, we're meeting new people every every time uh, we set foot in this space. Definitely. Well, is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners? Oh, you're a CNN hero. Yeah. Can you talk a little <laughs> bit about that? That's exciting, what? right? No, what, no I, I'm really excited. One of my one of my friends from uh, elementary school who also volunteered with us, uh, Christine uh, Hollingsworth, uh, is an actress, dancer, and she volunteered with Kavi, and she saw the stuff. She's like, I've seen the stuff you guys are doing online, but I want to I want to contribute. And so she volunteered with us, and it was. Uh, she said it was life changing for her. And she said, you know, the work that you guys do every day. She's like, I, I want other people to know about it, and I want to nominate you for a CNN Hero. And I thought she was joking. Yeah. This is a few years ago, 
And then when I, I got an email from somebody from CNN, it was like, oh, this, shit, this is real. Like, oops, like, oops this <laughs> is a like, real thing. I was like, this is a real thing. Um, but I'm really excited. Uh, CNN has an incredible team. Uh, the CNN Heroes team has been incredible. Kathleen Toner and, and uh, her entire production uh, folks, and they've been really helping us showcase the kind of work that we're doing. Good. You know, one is helping us figure out how to craft our story more effectively uh, to be, be more impactful, but it's really honored that you know, people are recognizing this kind of stuff that we're doing. We, we live for this work, yeah. and we want to make sure that it grows, and we want to make sure that it evolves, and that other people become inspired to do similar types of work in their own respective communities. Um, but yeah, no, I know we got to wrap up. Um, yes. But yeah, last words. Um, you know, if people want to check us out um, mm-hmm. and support and learn more information, you can check us out at kavibrooklyn.org. That's K-A-V-I-B-R-O-O-K-L-Y-N dot O-R-G. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Listen, I think the work that you're doing in the community is awesome, and it's I hope it expands further than Brooklyn it needs to because there are so many young people dying unnecessarily and getting injured unnecessarily just from being in the streets. So the initiatives that you guys are putting forward are so so needed. Yeah. Oh, I got we got to do some more work with you guys. Yeah, you definitely. Know, you know, W Jams. I think this is really important, especially for for getting out a lot of stories. You know, you're not gonna, people aren't going to remember statistics. Yeah. They won't remember dates, but they will remember the narratives, they'll remember yeah. the stories, and those are the ones that are impactful, if we can continue to use these tools and partner up with people who really know how to do this and craft them effectively, then we can really uh, shape Brooklyn uh, and, and New York City in a way that we've only dreamed of. Yeah, definitely, most definitely. My platform is all about reshaping the narrative and reclaiming the narrative and talking about the things that matter to us and the things that are important to us, not what they're telling us is important. So I'm definitely down for that, and we'll, we'll link up offline, of course. Oh, no, for sure. But one more time for your contact information in case anybody missed it. So Kavi Brooklyn, K-A-V-I-B-R-O-O-K-L-Y-N dot O-R-G, or you can email us at, at uh, info at kavibrooklyn.org. So before we leave, um, I know you're not doing all of this great work by yourself. We want to take a second and shout out the team that helps make all the things you do possible. Yeah, no, Jaquel Clemens, our chief operating officer, you know, has been a friend of mine for over 20 years. Uh, we know each other from uh, Atlanta. Uh, Ramon Gist, who's our associate director. Russell Frederick, um, who's uh, one of our new board members. The Kavi board of directors, Bayate Ross-Smith, Gene Johnson, our peer facilitators, Jessica Maldonado, who's holding our, our hospital-based interventions down, SUNY Downstate, Kings County, the Cure Violence Programs at NYC, uh, GDLU. There, there's so many people who've been doing amazing work in and around. A uh, GMAC who's based out in Flatbush. There, you know, I, people think that there's just one person or just one team doing this work. This is this is an entire movement. Yeah. And part of it's just bringing a lot of other great people together. The Brooklyn Combined, who's also family, and they're just up the street, are, are, are parts of our team and really helping do amazing, transformative work in and around the, the Brooklyn community. Uh, so thank you all, and uh, especially especially our copy team directly. Thanks. Peace. All right, folks, you heard it here first. I'll make sure we get that contact information up on our social media pages. Make sure you check out WJMS Radio on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. You can also check out the Inside BKC content. It's going to be on YouTube as well as WJMS, of course. So make sure you stay tuned for that to find out exactly when all of these things will be airing so you can catch all of the content. We'll be back again with a brand new episode next week. Make sure you keep it locked. Shout out to 
the folks behind the scenes that help make Inside BKC, WJMS, and all of the collaborative efforts that go on here possible. And definitely shout out to Joanne at Trendy Trippin for putting this together. We'll see you guys next week right here from BKC.